Okay, freaks, this is the guide to your psychopath. This podcast is not about me telling you how you're fucked up. I'm here to learn about your past and how it affects your decision making. I've been studying people for a long time now, but I've never asked them about how their mind goes through the process. I want to read your guide. I want to know how you think and feel. This will not be edited to take snippets out of context, but I believe everyone will benefit from hearing all of the conversation. Learning your guide will make it better for me to understand you. Welcome to the Guide to Your Psychopath. How you doing today? I'm doing fine. How are you? Mr. Steve Day. Yes, sir. It's a great, great, great time to be here, bro. I'm happy you asked me to come out. Oh, <laughs> this, this has been uh, one of my uh, many times that, or like, I've been thinking about this for a long time because every time I started with something like this, I always wanted to uh, experience other people's uh, greatness. And I, everybody talks about you, bro. Everybody talks about you. And so uh, I would like to start from the beginning. What do you remember? What is your earliest uh, memory that you have? As far as? The earliest memory you have. Uh, just growing up, growing up in uh, Philadelphia. You lived in Philly. Yes. How old I, were you? Oh, I, uh, when I grew, I grew up in Philadelphia, I was born there in North Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my earliest memories in Philadelphia was my area where I lived at. I lived in um, on a street that was right across the street from Temple University campus. Okay. So I remember seeing uh, all the, the college students going back and forth and the Volkswagen buggies and... Uh, busy street? Busy street. Okay. The mini skirts, the go-go boots, oh. all that stuff. So uh, yeah, we see they all. And right across from there was an elementary school and that's when I started my elementary school. And um, so two blocks away from there, uh, they had a Muslim temple, one of the first, or one of the first seven Muslim temples that was uh, that, that that grew up, and and uh, on the other side, which going west, there was the Black Panther Party. Really, right there in the same neighborhood. Okay. And um, so, uh, and in in that same area, you know, it was a lot of churches in that area. Then they had gangs and everything else out in that area. So um, I kind of grew up in the area. It was a it was a lot of things just pulling on me this way, that way, you know. So you kind of lived in yeah. a good spot, but a couple streets down, it was kind of rough. Well, it kind of sort of. The spots were, we didn't really realize it was bad spots, you okay. know, until we, 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 we uh, you know, we heard about it. There, They told us it was bad. It was just home, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you didn't know any better. Uh, you just yeah. were a kid. You right. were out there doing yeah. kid stuff. Yeah. Just, were you, were yeah. you able to go outside, play? Oh, yeah, all, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Most of the blocks, they had blocks. They call them. Um, and every block had a block captain. They all stayed out. Everybody on that block kind of stuck together. Okay. And they keep the, everything clean and they watch out for each other and everything else like that. And, um, and uh, you know, and, uh, you know, like, take care of everybody you see something something going on it would notify the next guy really you know and uh, you know something's going on your kids acting up and you know they were allowed back then to, to discipline you and then take you home yeah so you know we had to behave ourselves all the time so it was uh, it was always a challenge you know so you're uh, going through elementary school yeah. did you ever get into like fights or ever uh, have any trouble 
Yes, uh, you know, it, it's always going to be something going on in, in little schools, just little scraps, nothing yeah. nothing really big, you know, how kids are, and they pushing back and forward and shoving and anything and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, I never wanted to fight or anything like that, kind of stayed away from it, but, uh, you know, later on, uh, things kind of changed, you know, we started getting older and then uh, going outside of my area. Um, going to high school and stuff like that it was a lot of gangs. I used to come over to the high schools and and uh, junior high schools and uh, and uh, you know they'll be in the schools if they got kicked out of school. They'll be out there waiting for you when you get out of school. Hey, junior so, high is a tough time because yeah. you're getting where your hormones are changing and yeah. you're trying to prove yourself and trying to find your way and stuff. So and you said that that was kind of. They'd be people outside waiting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, after the, the gangs or whatnot, you know, they'd be trying out there. Trying to recruit or trying to... Well, just bullying. Oh, ba- basically, just bullying, you know, bullying and stuff like that. And just, uh, you know, stealing whatever they can grab and your clothes or just making your day just, just hard or not. Did so, you learn to defend yourself? Well, I, I learned how to... Um, defend myself basically I had my brother my brother wasn't always there he was always working but my brother he was a golden he's older than you he's 10 years older he's 10 years old yeah he was uh, golden gloves and he was um, a black belt so what kind of discipline uh, he was a black belt in taekwondo that's a Korean art yeah yeah so um, you know every time we got together it was fun but he would just beat me up all the time man just beat me up my first introduction to boxing he says are you ready I said yeah he said, you sure you ready? I said, yeah. So I put your hands up. So I put my hands up. He punched me in the stomach two times. I grabbed my stomach. He uppercut me. Pow! Right in the chin. I'm down on the floor. He said, I thought you were ready. Uh, I got to learn how to box. <laughs> so um, I went down to uh, Joe Frazier's gym, which is about uh, about five, five, about maybe five blocks away. How old were you when you went down there? Oh, I think I was about maybe 12, 13. Okay. And uh, this was back in the 70s. And I walking in the door, talking to some of the trainers and everything, it was $70 a month. Oh, that was a lot back then. And uh, plus trainer fees. And I said, no, I couldn't couldn't handle that. So, you know, um, went back with my brother and everything. And then after that, I started doing karate. Uh, started doing karate classes back in uh, 72, and I've been doing that ever since, so it's been a lot of fun. Why karate? My brother, he was a black belt, too, oh. so I'm kind of following in his footsteps. Okay. And then at the same time, he had all the Bruce Lee movies out. Oh. So, yeah, everybody was Bruce Lee crazy back then, and I, I love Bruce Lee, man. I'm just, um, just watching his movies and running up and down the aisles, kicking each other, and Making those uh, noon chucks out of the broomsticks and, <laughs> and cracking, you know. So after a while, I started getting good at it, and um, and uh, so my, my parents they uh, had a police athletic league that was down the street from me, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they signed me up in the police athletic league. So one day after we were playing basketball, we got finished playing basketball. We, we were walking home, and then I heard all this kiai kiai, and I looked inside the door. And it was in a like in a cafeteria, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a karate class in there, and, and uh, I did one of those things where you sit there and I kept watching and watching and watching and waiting for the class to go over. And when the class ended, I seen the teacher. He came out and said, "Can I join your karate class?" He says, "Yeah, come on back on Wednesday." And then this was Monday, so when Wednesday came around. I had already went to one of my my brother's school and got a karate uniform. 
and I started and never stopped. Really? <laughs> never, never looked back. Never. That ever. bug bit you and you ran with it. For well, yeah, for a long time. Yeah. You still have that passion? Yeah. Oh yes. It doesn't die. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't die. It's 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 good because, you know, I've been doing it so long. It's 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 given me a lot, and it's done a lot for me. Uh, made me. Uh, my whole entire life has been one uh, complete lesson, you know, uh, how to behave myself, um, how to walk away, uh, you know. But if I don't have to walk away, if I don't have any other choice, then I know how to protect myself. Did you go to school with any of the other kids that were in that, at the, uh, in that karate class? Not in that karate class, no. no. Um, you know, we were, we were kind of spread out. And, uh, you know, and uh, when I was growing up, it depends on where you live. If you live in like a certain area, you went to one high school. If you live in another area, which is maybe a block away, you went to a different high school. So uh, I, I went to Benjamin Franklin High School for boys, and uh, no girls, no girls, uh, no distractions. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, no distractions. But down the street, uh, at least three blocks away, was William Penn High School for girls. Oh, so we got out before they did. You ran over there. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. We were always over there. As soon as we got out of school, over there picking up on the girls, man. So how was the high school? High school was fun, you know, being in all boys school, it was a lot of um, competition. We had, uh, we were trying to be the best in the whole entire uh, area for football, basketball, all of the, all the sports. You know. So you played football? Yeah, I played a little football. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, I like karate better though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I played football. And, uh, uh, so were you, were you a bigger kid than usual? I was I always, I was always, I was always like, uh, I was always heavy. Yeah. Yeah, but everyone in my family is big. So it's like seeing us coming down and then uh, going someplace like, is that a defensive line? <laughs> <laughs> and pray, and pray don't get them day boys mad. Here they come. Oh, uh, boys. <laughs> yeah. So you're going through high school, and, yeah. you know, you guys are always doing competition, whether yeah. it's football or karate and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And, did any of that bleed yeah. over in, in yeah. the school itself, or you yeah. guys just kept it afterwards? Well, it was always inside the school. Um, it, we had, you know, it, we were always trying to beat the Roman Catholic schools. You oh, know? okay. And, uh, you know, we were public school, and Roman Catholic schools had more money, whatever, but, you know, we tried harder, and we would always go to the finals, and then they would win. <laughs> They always beat us every time, man. State champion, see all city, everything. Roman Catholic comes in. Yeah. 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 Better coaching, guess. <laughs> so you graduated high school. What year? I graduated in 1980. 1980. 1980, yeah. And then what did you do after high school? After high school, I, um, I started working. I was doing a dishwashing job, and then I started uh, like junior college. So I was um, I was washing dishes during the day. No, I was washing dishes during the night. During the day, I was going to junior college. I, I um, majored in business administration, accounting, and um, and I was still going to karate class after that too. So I was full schedule. Straight karate or other disciplines also? Oh, that's it. Just that's one, it. Yeah, just one sensei. You never believe in mixing um, different dis disciplines because there's. It breaks your spirit. Mm -hmm. When you have one spirit, you know, that's the spirit you want to stay with. You yeah. know, when you're trying to figure out which way to do things, it kind of confuses you. But um, the way my system is, is, it's called Goju. It's a hard and soft system. 
it's already mixed already from the beginning. Yeah. So you know, um, it's it, uh, it it's 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 a hard art, and uh, it takes like my, my sensei said, it takes a lifetime to master. But uh, you know, but the the true the true mastery comes in of knowing yourself, mm-hmm. and you know, and and how to uh, control yourself and. How to uh, you know deal with other people and life and everything else like that and that's the hard part you know it's a challenge yeah <laughs> it's always a challenge and you know man sometimes I I still rely on a lot of people to help me out sometimes um, sometimes get frustrated or whatever and just uh, you know you just have to walk away but or you depend on other people to see you at that point where uh, come here let's go talk or pull me aside or something man and I'm, I'm I'm pretty happy for that, you know, having people like that because, you know, it's, 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 it's always a challenge. Do you think you know? you've always uh, surrounded yourself with good people? I've always been, yes. Always been surrounded by good people, yes. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, you know, my mom took me to church and all that stuff, growing up in the church and everything. And, uh, church Which family. church? Baptist church. The Baptist? Yeah, okay. Baptist church. So my mom used to play this trick on us. So every Sunday morning... She'd go downstairs about 5 o'clock in the morning, and she start cooking. We're all in the bed sleeping. Next thing you know, we smell biscuits. Oh, man, here's the eggs, the bacon, the sausage, the grits going. Man, you can't stay in the bed. You get up and go down, you get up and, go down and start eating, man. She's okay, now that everybody's here eating, get ready to go to church. She kind of bribed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She made sure we got up, man. You couldn't sleep, man. Smelling that coffee, all that, everything. It was every Sunday, every Sunday. So, yeah. So you go, you're you're going to college. Mm-hmm. You're going to karate. And working. <laughs> and working, right? Are yeah. you doing any kind of competition? We did competitions all the time. Yeah. Yeah, we did competitions all over, uh, like uh, Philadelphia. We do New Jersey, uh, Delaware, Washington D.C. Um, Maryland, um, Virginia, up and down in New York, up and down in that area, yeah, all over the national championships, all that stuff like that, all the time. Is it anything like uh, what the Karate Kid showed you the the tournament or the that Karate Kid the tournament? Cur- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's sort of, kind of, but that was kind of played out, you know. It's, yeah. It wasn't go ahead and strike somebody's leg, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. try to injure someone. You There's know. more discipline than that. Well, it's, it's more, more respect towards each other. Well, not always. <laughs> you know, the respect comes in. If you hurt me at this tournament, remember, you got to walk outside that door. <laughs> you win the trophy, try to get home with it. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. There was a lot of extracurricular uh, activities in yeah, the parking lot. It was uh, all the time, about all the time. Like, you, you think all these karate people, everybody is... Like, no, you cheated against me, guess what? I'm going to find you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to find yeah, you. Oh, yeah, yeah no. I'm telling you, yeah. yeah. So you got to behave yourself while you're there because, you know, you got the sensei over there. And <laughs> he's watching out for his students. You know, you can't have, uh, you know, uh, what's his name uh, over there and telling everybody, strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Strike first, strike hard. Guess what? We're going to be waiting for you out in the parking lot. You're going to have a, all your all your students watch you get beat up. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, no one else got to put up with that. Nah. You, you got to protect the kids. You got to take care of them, teach them the right thing. So, yeah. and then we try to lead by the example. But you know, you, you get some people out there, and then all they want is the fame and trophies, and 
And, uh, you know, you, you're telling them all this stuff. And no, no, you don't do that. It doesn't work. Yeah, they want their reputation, you know. So, so no. there's those kind of people, but they kind of have to back off a little bit because <laughs> they might get disciplined themselves. Well, they will. They yeah. will. They yeah. will. They will get disciplined one way or another. You know, one way or another, either, you know, the organizations like we have, like karate community, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put the, like the blacklist out on them. Hey, you know, these people are no, no, don't recommend anybody to go there and anything else like that, you know? Yeah. So, cause, uh, you know, they're, they're, the things that they're doing is not right. And we all watch each other. We, we kind of, it's like an ethical thing. We watch each other and see what we're doing and. You know, this guy's charging more than this guy. Why? You know, we kind of have to balance the prices and stuff like that out. And, and uh, you know, and uh, we, we help each other out and, you know, a little camaraderie to go in there and stuff like that. So That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys are just here yeah. in Hanford or you communicate with a lot of people in Fresno? Or? Uh, I got everywhere. Everywhere. I, everywhere. All over, man. Yeah. Everywhere. But I, I, got, um, I used to have a school in Guam. I still got students out there and. Uh, the East Coast, Florida, Virginia, Philadelphia, Maryland, um, over here in San Diego. Um, it's everywhere. A lot of students, man. A lot of students. So, at what time did you move away from the West or the East Coast? I was stationed in the East Coast and up until. So, you joined the Navy? Yeah, I joined okay. the Navy, yes. Uh-huh. And I joined the Navy in. Uh, 83. In 83. So, and I, I retired in 2003. So, so, when you joined the Navy, what was your uh, job? I was an aviation machinist mate, which oh. is a jet mechanic. Yeah, okay. So, that's what I did. It was uh, it was fun. Um, did you like it? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It, it was great. And uh, a lot of, meet a lot of people, you know. and uh, Travel different places? Travel different places. Uh, a lot of, lot of sharp mechanics. Uh, yeah, the word master mechanic was a lot of people that were, uh, were were out there, and I'm telling you, I'm really impressed by them. Yeah, it seemed like everything, they, anything you came in contact with, they they knew a solution or answer to it, and knew how to how to fix it, and just just being around those people was just so so uh, so much fun and educating. It's incredible. Yeah, you know, we we had so many guys, and and these guys they wasn't all about themselves. They were about helping the other people to get. You know, get that knowledge and give it to them, and that's the best part about it. You know, passing on whatever they passing, could to the. I mean, yeah, the next yeah, person. Exactly, and and uh, when I was in the Navy, and we had some civilians like that, and they were like the master mechanics. So my junior people, that's the people who I put them with. You know, instead of you know this guy over here is so full upon himself. No, he go work with uh, you know Mr. Jones over there, or you know. Or, or Mr. Simon over here and talk to these guys over here and uh, these guys they're going to give you the best they're going to give you the best information that you could possibly have and uh, you're going to be better than those guys you know that's <laughs> all full of themselves yeah. so yeah it, it, it's a lot of fun the, but the best part about the whole thing is that a lot of, a lot of people that I, I work with in the past I, I, I still see them and they still remember me and they still really? yeah, they still have, hey Steve how you doing <laughs> That's like wow, man! After all these years, it's so no matter how big it is, it's still a small world. Yeah, and it's nice to know that people still remember you. you yeah. know, after so many years and whatnot, and you know. So. I, I want to say though, you're kind of a hard yeah. person to yeah. forget. You and that yeah. big smile of yours, it's just, <laughs> that laugh too, boy. Uh, I swear. <laughs> I try to enjoy myself, man, as oh, much yeah. as I can. I, I really kind of, you know. Um, 
I don't know. I I, I, I worry about people a lot and you know, make sure they, uh, you know, I don't know why. I just, just think of people. Yeah. Put myself in their place, how they feel or whatever, you know, and, uh, you know, I try to make them day, their day better. Even sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I try to make their day better. And then uh, if I'm having a bad day, they automatically know. Yeah. They automatically come over like, what's the matter, man? Are you okay? Like, yeah, I'm okay. Fine. And, uh, you know, so. but You kind of wear your emotions on your sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they help. It's, it, it's, uh, it's helpful. I mean, yeah. yeah. But you're only human, right? I mean, yeah. you have good days. You have yeah. bad days. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's it. That's it. So. So just uh, so just, when you were uh, traveling around with the Navy, mm-hmm. you said you did 20 years. Yes. Which country did you like going to the best, like for vacation? Oh, uh, we didn't have a vacation in the Navy. Man. It was always you know, moving back and forth and we were traveling and stuff like but that. But you never had like a day of liberty here, day we of liberty had, there. We had liberty. Yes, yeah. yeah. So um, I would say it was uh, it's kind of a, uh, a toss up. So I, I really like Israel. Mm-hmm. I went on the Holy Land tour, went to all of those places. Um, then we went to Spain, uh, went to France. France was nice. Spain was nice and clean. I like that. Um, I, I, I would have to say Israel. Israel, Israel. was it was uh, it was enlightening. Just going there and the Holy Land tour, Bethlehem, Galilee, Capernaum, uh, Jerusalem, all those places like that. That was that was really nice. And then. Then going to um, Egypt and seeing the pyramids and oh, all that stuff. Oh, you got like to that. go see the pyramids. Yeah, yeah and all that, that was nice. That was really nice. How intense is and, that? Yeah, yeah. It's nice. <laughs> Looking at something as that old and like, oh my God. Well, man. I know you and I were mechanics. Yeah. And we love working with our hands. Yeah. You imagine back then with yeah. not having the right tools, <laughs> yeah. but building something like that? Yeah. It's yeah. like, wow. Yeah. It'd be level. All right. <laughs> and not Perfectly. <laughs> perfect angles, perfect right. everything. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, and those, yeah. those stones weren't light. No. no. Heavy as hell. What, yeah. 70 tons per stone? Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. In the desert. Yeah, try to move in, it the in the desert. desert. Try to move it. Yeah. Wow. That's, 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 that's really incredible. That's really incredible. So, yeah. And it's still around. Yeah. It's still so, around. It's still around, man. So you got to go see the, all of that, and then you yeah. got to go uh, into Israel and go look around. A lot of spirituality yeah. in that place. Yeah. But Spain, yeah. you said Spain was clean. Yeah, Spain. I, Spain was clean. I, I liked. I, I liked the place, and uh, you know, we went sightseeing and everything. And uh, uh, we went down. Naturally, we went down to the beaches. You know, sailors <laughs> we went out to the beaches, and when when. Uh, <laughs> When the girls are on the beaches, they're walking around and topless or whatever. You see all the sailors, and they're all looking at it, taking pictures, and they put their tops back on. And, and it's like you can tell, yeah. But, but people there, they don't really care. They just walk around and get tan and take their tops off and stuff like that. Yeah. But as soon as the sailors, Americans come out, you know, oh, look at that, you know. <laughs> taking pictures. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's a pretty nice place. Um, and people nice? People are nice, you know. They're they're nice. Um, Singapore was nice when I came over. Here, Singapore was nice. I like their rules: no chewing gum outside and no spitting on the sidewalks, any of that stuff like that. Yeah. You know, no nonsense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they would cane you. They would beat you with these. Uh, it's like a cane. It's like a a row of beads. They can't call them a cane, but they would beat you with it. Uh, they had little guns. They didn't have big guns then. They would, people would 
behaved himself and uh, pretty much uh, everything was clean and you know so <laughs> you know it's it's kind of amazing that uh, when you talk about civilization right yeah. obviously in America yeah. our little world is only what 250 just under 250 years old you got places like that that are thousands of year old yeah. they're more respectful towards each other they their discipline and a lot of stuff goes on you kind of have to wonder is that because of the martial arts or is that because they teach you from the when you were little you know to have that discipline and you know to to respect your elders and not to go out and start running around town and stuff like that it's 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 an it's kind of embarrassing you yeah. know to know that you're an american and uh you know it's it's like here if, if you're in the united states and you commit any type of crime or anything else that goes wrong the first thing they do is label you you're an ex-sailor you're ex-marine you're ex uh, mechanic, your ex-helicopter, combat fighter pilot, whatever. They put a label on you. But if you go to another country and you commit any, whatever it is, crime or misdemeanor or anything else, they label you as an American. They don't label you as whatever. You know, you're just a whatever American. You're just a dirty American. That's it. But here they got to label everything. They put everybody in little categories and whatnot. Oh, these people, they're bad. That person, they're bad. Or, you know, they do this job, they're bad. And they just... So everybody's just like, oh. but over there, they, they, they look out for each other, you know? Yeah. You know, they respect each other, and they, they take care of each other. Um, they, if you do something wrong, then you're, you're, you're wrong. It's not you're wrong because of whatever association they can associate you with. They, it's not that way. You're wrong. They, they treat you like, okay, that person is wrong. It's not that whole entire group is wrong. Yeah. So, you know, and here in the United States, it's totally different. If one person does something dumb, then all these people are like that. It's the media. It's and Singapore is uh, a major hub for yeah. people trans, yeah. or like boats or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of visitors in there. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody keeps on keeps yeah. their P's and Q's. Right? Amazing. They may get drunk with that soju, but yeah. boy, they, they keep themselves, right? Amazing. Yeah, well, yeah. they have strict laws also. Yeah, yeah, strict so, laws. You know, they have strict laws and, uh, you know, uh, uh, and it's enforced, but I just I just think of it like it's embarrassing to know that you know when we go out to those other countries, we have a different um, a different mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, we go there to another country, we have a mindset that our country is better than their country, and they're third world country, they're beneath us, we're better than them. And then when you look around at their society and how the people live, there's no homeless. There's nobody worried about medical care or, or uh, poverty or whatever, you know. You know, it's like a society where they're, they're, they all solve all the problems that we can't figure out here in the United States. Yeah. And, and we call them third world countries. And we're the ones upset. <laughs> well, they're third world countries, but then I'll tell you, you don't have as many homeless people there. And, and uh, yeah. I've met a lot of uh, well, we would think as poverty-stricken people mm-hmm. that uh, we're happy. Yeah. They just did their, their job. They just tended to whatever needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Their kids were fed. Yeah. They got an education. Yeah. Right? And they, but yeah. they didn't have lots of money like we would think lots yeah. of money. 
Right, but the family structures are stronger. Yeah, oh the, yeah. The family structures are stronger here. It's, it's not the same. It's not the same. You know? So I, I don't know. I think our our uh, society is okay. You get a certain age, you're kicked out of the house. Their side is, you know, you can stay as long as you want, and then you can contribute back to the house. Yeah. Make the house stronger. You make the family stronger. So uh, different things, different things here in the United States. You know? Yeah. Do you ever get to visit any of the other senseis overseas? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I visit a lot of senseis over there, um, and uh, had a chance to sit down with seminars and train with them and everything like that. But a lot of the senseis. Um, from overseas that come over here to the United States. Oh, okay. Like the Japanese instructors over there in Japan, they're another sensei. When they come over here to the United States, then they're super sensei, you know? So they put on the seminars and everything, so everybody can say, oh, yeah, I had a seminar with so-and-so, grandmaster, whatever, you know? And uh, so uh, uh, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's nice to have that, you know? But over there, they're just another person over here. But even though they might have that title here, they're still humble. Yes. Yeah. 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 Even in Japan, I know a lot of the uh, the masters over there. Yeah. Big title masters. They uh, still have jobs like working on base and they're a gardener. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Who's that guy over there? He's a gardener. Oh, he's a tenth degree black belt. He's got about two thousand students, but he's out here gardening. So you know, you know, yeah. that's his life. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. That's just that's the way it goes. That's his life. They just still want to contribute and everything, and uh, you know, but you know, so it's pretty amazing people that you look up to, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I look up to you guys too every single day, man. Uh It's my uh, it's my rock too. I'm telling you, man. There's certain things I, uh, um, you guys give me that strength to keep going, to keep pushing on, to keep doing my best, you know, around you guys, because because you guys are so good. Yeah. You know, you guys just bring me up, like I got to keep pushing this guy, you know, and. Y'all pushing me, and I'm just trying to keep up with you guys, man, because y'all are the masters over there, you know, uh, the master mechanics and everything else out there, man, and you guys are just awesome, you know, everybody come together, you know, and, you know, we, we, we come together, and we, we all have that same focus and, and drive to, to make this thing the best we can, you know, yeah. and do the best we can out there, because, you know, we all know the, the ending effect. We don't want to have that on our conscience if something went bad. Yeah. You know, so we try to do our best out there. And, uh, so. Yeah. And they, uh, that seems to be the, the theme on how you live a better life is when you can make your community a better place. Yes, I think so. I think so. And I, you've been doing you know, that with the kids around here, right? Oh, yes, for a long time, yeah. How long have you been yeah. teaching kids? Oh, I started. I started teaching. I, I I started in 1972. I got my black belt in 1980, and I opened up my first dojo in 1984. And I have been teaching ever since 1984, nonstop, uh, nonstop, um, throughout the Navy. If when I was in the Navy, I used to teach the uh, security force. And I used to teach uh, the wives club. I used to teach the uh, security augment force or, or the uh, police force. I used to teach them. Um, I've been teaching the whole time and that nonstop. I even had you've the, had uh, a dojo since 1984. Every place I've ever been, yeah. I've always had a school. <laughs> That's amazing. Every bro. place, every place, yeah. So um, yeah, I got. I, used to, I don't know if I have it up there. 
I used to have my business license up there. I took it down to show one of the parents. Yeah. It's um, one of my first was 1980. This was 1985. And I had my first dollar in there and everything. But it's been nonstop. Because that's the way I grew up with my sensei. My sensei, um, he had like two dojos. And we would go from one dojo, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we go to another dojo, like Thursday, Friday. Yeah. And then on the weekends, I'm over his house or whatnot, and we're, we're training or whatnot. So um, it was nonstop. So when I opened up my first dojo in Jacksonville, I opened up another dojo in, across town. And I had two dojos right when I first started my first commercial dojo. Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Florida. In Florida, okay. Yeah. So that was my first commercial dojo. But back home in Philadelphia, I used to teach at the recreation centers, mm -hmm. and then we had a down in the the, the basement in the churches. Um, we had schools like that and things like that. So uh, it's it's always nice to have uh, uh, that opportunity to have a, a school and help other people. So with me teaching, it wasn't something that I I I, I picked to do. I never thought I was going to be a teacher. I just wanted to do is train. But um, when I had my first dojo in Jacksonville, I had a kid in my class named Lonnie Nevitt. Lonnie Nevitt is about eight years old. And uh, in my system, we do a lot of breathing techniques, you know, a lot of hard breathing and everything like that. And then, uh, so I was teaching him how to do all the hard breathing techniques. And so one day Lonnie was on a, on a go-kart and uh, the go-kart brakes went out and, and Lonnie hit the back of a bumper of a of a parked car, and it, and it crushed his his, uh, his his rib cage, and also crushed his intestines and everything else. Ooh. So they were taking uh, stuff up for this intestines and putting it in that intestines to keep it going, and they had him on a ventilator and he couldn't breathe, and uh, so the doctor kept telling his parents he's got to breathe on his own. He can't keep him on a ventilator, so. Uh, one day, his dad went in and, and, and said, "Hey, man, you gotta you gotta breathe like the sensei taught you." And he started he start oh, he started doing that, <laughs> and then he started breathing on his own. His dad told me that, and I kept going, "Oh, wow, that's amazing." I'm just like, "Wow, why?" I'm just kind of thinking, like, what would have happened if I hadn't taught that kid how to breathe? I mean, yeah, you know. And then I'm just thinking. <laughs> is this something somebody's telling me something am I supposed to be doing this yes so you know then next thing I know I had another girl in the class and uh, uh, she was 14 but she looked like she's 18 and uh, it was she was getting hit on from a lot of different people so um, I, she had, her parents put her in the class and I taught her self-defense and uh, next thing you know man, she got that self-confidence and stuff like that and and uh, they started leaving her alone. They would say things, but you know we, we were we were there too around her, and she got that self confidence and everything. Everything in her life kind of changed over too. Do you think that uh, a lot of girls need self defense because of our machismo that we walk around with? You know, being better than girls or well, sometimes uh, you know, like I tell my the boys in my, in my karate class, say well. The boys are stronger, but the girls are smarter. Oh yeah. So girls are ten times smarter. They they they're more observant than uh, than the boys. You know, if if a guy's driving down the road, he see the car in front of him, 
You see, the, you know, the car in back of them. If a girl is driving down that same road, they see the car in front of them, the car in back of them. The sky is blue. They see the birds <laughs> flying around. They see all the ladies and stuff walking up and down the sidewalk, all what they're wearing, the shoes and everything else. So they're more observant, you know. And uh, when I, I tell all the girls in the class, I say, listen, you know, you just have to be direct. You got to be forceful, you know. Uh, you know, and, and when you say no, say no when you mean it and be forceful, you know. And, uh, you know, and, uh, but you still have that smarts inside of your head that you, uh, you know what you're doing if you have to stop them. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you have to run away, run away, you know, but just use your head. That's what's going to help save you the most, you know. And, uh, you know, if you've got to fight back, fight back, you know, whatever it takes for you to survive, that's what you have to do, you know. And don't that's be, a good, don't, good teaching. Don't be afraid to hurt someone else if they're trying to hurt you because they're not going to feel bad about hurting you. Yeah. If you got to fight back, fight back. You know, uh, you know. I'm not saying go out there and kill somebody, but if you kick them right in the groin, or you stick your fingers in their neck, or stick your hands in their eyes, or whatever it takes to make that person stop hurting you, that you can get away, then that's what you need to do. You know, if you don't have no other choice, and get in your car and try to run them over. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Whatever it takes, man. I'm telling you. So you know, you because some people they think that women are the weaker sex and. They can do whatever they want to do to them, and it's not true, you know. No. So, you know, uh, I said, you know, just just be assertive and just keep your eyes open to be aware of situations that's, uh, that's, that you're around. And, uh, you know, don't, don't let your guard down, and just be careful, you know. If you feel that you're in a situation where you're uncomfortable, then it's time to start making some tracks and looking around for the exit or something else, come up yeah. with some game plan, you know, something that you can do. So the kids you have in the in your class, how many how many classes do you give a week? Uh, right now, let's see, two, four. Right now it's two, four, six. I have two classes a day, and uh, later on I'm gonna open back up uh, in Avidon, so that'll be another another class. So um, that'll be another two classes a week. So about eight eight classes a week. Okay. Yeah. And, and how many kids per class? Uh, about. Just depends on what time of the day it is. No, or? no, not depends on. See, uh, I will say about about twenty five thirty, about twenty five to thirty kids. Okay. But but in karate classes is different. If you see thirty kids in there, it don't matter what karate school it is. If you got thirty kids in that class, it's not going to be the same thirty kids all the time. Oh yeah. It's going to go up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. You know, so. Yeah. When I first got out here in California in 2000, I had a, a old karate teacher. He used to have a karate school in Lemoore, an elderly guy. And I went there to visit his dojo and talk to him. And I just told him who I was and everything. And uh, introduced so you myself. Did, you didn't know him? I, I, I was just introducing myself to everyone in this area that was in martial arts. Okay. And uh, he, you know, he was had to be in about his 60s or 70s. And he, he said, yeah. So he sat me down. We started talking. Asked me a bunch of questions about my martial arts background. And I told him everything. And he says, you know, you can't pay your mortgage by teaching karate. And, uh, and I looked at him. I said, yeah, I know. He says, uh, you have to love it. You can't do it because of the money. And uh, it's not all about that. If, you, if you're just in it for the money... He says you better find somewhere else, to do something else to do. Yeah. So, and it's true. You you can't go by the money because, you know, not everybody have money, and you can't say, 
well, this kid don't have the money, so I can't teach him how to defend himself. Yeah, you know, so you're just gonna leave him out there to the wolves. No, he should have the same rights as anyone else. So you try to come up with a, some type of plan or whatever, you know, so they can uh, get a chance to train. I had some kids come in there, and mom's like, I can't afford to pay you. And my refrigerator just went out. So I'll tell you what, I got an old refrigerator in my garage. You want it? I was like, get, get him in the class. So we just did it like that. We traded up, and I got the refrigerator. Kid came to class, and, and uh, yeah, it was nice. Yeah, yeah. So just thinking of the kids and everything, you know, try to you know, make their life better for them. So, you know, when they grow up, they can look back and go, oh, man, you know, so-and-so. Because every one of us, you, yeah, I know, you know, had one teacher in your life oh, that yeah. made a change. They're one, I don't know if it was your gym teacher or your English teacher, or your math teacher, or your soccer coach, or somebody that made a difference in your life, you know? There's and, two of them in my life. Yeah. One of them was my third grade teacher, Mr. Turtle. Yeah. The next one was my 10th grade, no, 11th grade teacher, uh, Humanities. Yeah. He was very important. Yeah. Because he taught me a lot about humanity. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You always remember those teachers. And I try to be that teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I do my best. I try to be that person that can remember, um, you know, coming back and stuff. And, uh, and, uh, and because that's important, you know. It is important. So, uh, you yeah. know, everybody has to have something in their life that they can, like, pull on and go, hey, this is something that changed my life and made me turn around. You know, because I, I know I had it in my life. It was uh, my uh, my uh, third grade teacher, Miss McGuire, and uh, my seventh grade teacher, Mr. Morrell. Uh, Miss McGuire, she was more inspirational. Mr. Morrell was more disciplinary action. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I got A's in his class. <laughs> and he didn't play around. He told everybody when they first started what he expected, and uh, yeah, we had to live up to it. He didn't. He did not play, and we understood that. So, so yeah, but yeah, I, I try to be that person that uh, kids can come back and say, well, yeah, this guy made a difference in my life, the way we think and everything. So, so every day we come into class, we, we say this right here. Go ahead and read it up. That's how, that's what we call it. It's called a Dojo Kim. Well, we, I've been saying this Dojo Kim ever since like the 72. It's just like, it starts out like this. I am proud to keep the fighting spirit of karate. I must always respect others, no matter what their race. I must always refrain from violent behavior. I must always practice patience and self-control. I will always try hard to do my best. I will never surrender in battle. Karate is total commitment. So the karate is total commitment is telling you that the things that you learn in the karate class that you can transfer it on into your whole entire life, you know? You learn respect here in the dojo, you learn how to work hard, you learn how to set your goals, patience, everything like that. Never surrender in battle is that it means that you're never going to give up the, that will to survive. You're not going to just lay down and let, let whatever happens to you happen to you. You have to go out and, and, uh, and defend yourself or whatever you have to do. You, know, but you it, never it, surrender. Even, even that, it, it's not literally a battle. It's the battle within your mind or the battle of any conflict that you come up with, right? Exactly, yes, yeah. it is. It, it is. It is. Always be willing to try to find a solution or something. Never surrender and just give it up, you know? It's like, uh, you know, giving up life. And that, that meant a lot to me. I got into an, a, a fight one time, and, and I just thought it was, you know, I didn't want to hurt the guy. But obviously, he didn't feel the same way. <laughs> he was trying to hurt me, and he was trying to pull my eye out. Oh, 
and I got a scar right here because he had his finger in my eyeball. And my eyeball's looking at me like this, and I'm going, hey, inside my head, hey, fool, you got to fight back. And I started fighting back. And then, <laughs> so that never surrender battle thing was there. Don't take someone else lightly because they don't feel the same way you do. You might not want to hurt that person, but sometimes they don't care if they hurt you or not. There's some evil people out there. There, there, there is very some evil people, but, you know, you have to be able and willing to step right up to their level just to be as mean, as nasty as as they are. But you, at the same time, you're more in control because you can think clearly. You yeah. know, it's not like you're like a mad dog running around trying to, you know, kill everything. You're a, you're a mad dog, but you're a mad dog that's that, that's thinking. Yeah. You know, I'm going to bite this leg. I'm not going to bite the jugular. I'm going to, you know, bite the arm. I'm not going to bite this. So, you know, you're in control of yourself. You know, it's not like you're trying to hurt people just just to hurt them. You know, you, you want to make the person stop before they hurt you or hurt somebody else. Or, you know, you don't want to just go out there and just start, you know, just... Let all that <laughs> Sometimes you know it's worse like give me one day of the year, I just walk around everybody's major man, just uh, uh. <laughs> it's like nah. The chop to the throat. <laughs> Remember that time we get it fifty nine? We made it work like uh. <laughs> couldn't go on vacation, <laughs> you know. That's that's one thing too that uh Teaching kids and opening a dojo like this. Yeah. Do you ever take vacation? I try to take a vacation, but I don't know what to do when I'm on vacation because really? I, I don't know. I, you know, I if I'm on vacation, I'm looking for my students. <laughs> if I go fishing, I'm, sometimes I go fishing and stuff like that. If I do, 99% of the time, I'm gonna invite the students. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm just totally But you go committed. fishing for like yeah. for a couple hours up at whatever yeah, lake yeah. is nearby or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking about like you ever take like three or four days off where you're on vacation or camping or whatever. A couple times. A couple times. A couple times. Yes, a couple times. Yeah, a couple times. And uh, I, I tell the parents and they go, "Good." <laughs> <laughs> I never expected that. So. But yeah, uh, it, it's different. No matter how, how I'm feeling, when I walk in here, everything changes. You know, when the kids come in, everything changes, you know. Uh, when they walk out on the floor, and um, I had people telling me that they, they stood up there in the door and was waving at me, and I didn't even see them because the kids come in, and they, they have all my attention and everything else like that, and I'm watching them make sure they're safe, and, and uh, they're doing what they have to do, and keeping them motivated, and make sure they're enjoying themselves, and, and working hard at the same time, you know? So, uh, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know, it just it helps me focus my mind, too, so I let everything else go, you know, no matter what's going on in my life or whatever. It's gone as yeah. soon as you know. As soon as they come in, because that's my priority, you know. And uh, you know, watching them grow and get stronger and and uh, and becoming men and women and stuff is it, it's nice. I had students that that came in here and they're like four years old now. Got the same students getting married and they're having their own kids and they're putting their kids in the karate class. Really? <laughs> oh man, yeah. How does that feel? Uh, How's it feel? It, it, it makes you feel like I got a big family, you know. Yeah. It, it, and and uh, a lot of the parents that come into class, the next thing you know, it's not like a sensei or teacher type deal. It's like a, 
a distant relative or something like that, you know, like part of the family. And, and, and it's a great honor to have that, you know, and hear him just, you know, think of you that way, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you try to be, be as true as possible because uh, if you're phony, kid's going to know it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, Absolutely. You got to be true. You, you, know, you got to be true for you. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, because they'll, they'll pick up more, you know, they, they know what's bad. So, uh, you know, just... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, it's 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 a lifetime it's a lifetime thing, but it's it's fun. I I, I wouldn't do nothing else. I wouldn't know what to do. No. <laughs> so you teach your kids, and while you're walking around and stuff, and you guys have your own what the what's it called the session? Uh, oh, the well, class? your class, right? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. You have the class going. Do you teach other kids that are like in the higher belt or to like help out other kids or do you teach them leadership? Oh, they all, yes, they all, yeah, from the, from the first day they walk in the door, they're learning leadership, okay. leadership skills. Um, the yellow bells, whatever, if their one belt is higher than the other belt, then I call them senpai. Senpai means senior. Okay. And then from that time, they come up in the front of the class, they help out with the exercise. Or they're they're trying to direct the class, and uh, I'm teaching them. So you know what you're doing? You're doing public speaking right now in front of a whole room full of people, and they're all listening at you. You're the director. I say, well, that's going to carry on when you get older. If you want to do uh, uh, public speaking or, or, or any type of business, and even or in like the military, like we went to boards, oh, yes, right? Of course, promotional boards Actually, or anything yes, like that. Yes, yeah. yes, and performing in front of people and yeah. uh, being out there on your own. And the biggest thing I teach them is, uh, you know, when they're in the class, don't be afraid to make mistakes, you know. You know, this is your ground right here. You, you can make mistakes. Nobody's going to come back and, uh, and, and be hard on you because of that. I say, when you make a mistake, you realize that you're going to correct that mistake. That's going to make you stronger. So, you know, that's what you look for. If you don't want to make any mistakes, then you'll never think that you're wrong. You'll never get better. You'll never get better. You know, you have nothing to work for. So... But uh, they, and then they get a lot of rewards, you know, when they work hard. They get they get promoted and everything. And uh, we have uh, every now and then we do a pizza party here and here. And every Halloween we do a big giant Halloween party. Oh, do you? Oh man, yes. Halloween's a big thing for you, huh? We, we have a DJ. <laughs> okay. We have a DJ over here. We got lights going on in here. We decorate this place. And the kids come up in their outfits. We we be doing a Soul Train dance in here. And, and uh, yeah, hey, that's fun. And then every every Christmas, uh, around Christmas time, we do uh, uh, we call it uh, our uh, our annual banquet. Mm-hmm. And then an the annual banquet. That's where we recognize all the kids throughout the year that's been uh, doing so well, and best attendance, you know, uh, best spirit, um, best forms, competition of the year, awards come out, and the Black Belt of the Year award, Junior Black Belt of the Year award. And, uh, you know, I got one kid that's been racking him up. Uh, his name's Yuki. He started when he was four years old. Now he's 11, so <laughs> his kid kid. And at the end of everybody else, I just start calling his name out. And it's like five or six, maybe five or six minutes long. It's Yuki, 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 Yuki. <laughs> he gets all the confidence. I mean, he never misses a class. Is he, if he uh, does. Japanese? Yuki yeah. sounds like a Japanese yeah. name. He's, he's Japanese in America, yeah. yes. And, uh, um, if he missed a class, like a handful of class, maybe uh, out of a year. <laughs> so his parents get involved with him. Oh yeah, yeah. all the time. Uh, absolutely, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. 
and uh, it's very very humble and he listens and you know you don't have to tell him twice or three times or something like that you know he listens the first time and then he's gone you know yeah. he, he motivates himself and uh, I can't say enough about him I, this he's an all around good kid and then he rubs off on the other kids and I <clears throat> keep him together and they're always watching them so all my black belts they're they're my leaders and they're always out there they're always working hard they're the last ones on the floor and uh, you know but it's kind of hard when they're younger trying to teach them you know like the to be the leader because they, they want to be humble yeah they don't want to be out there i don't want to tell them what to do and i'm like well just 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 kind of lead them in this direction you know and then you know so it helps them out get that little little management skills in there and you know I was, I was, they still know I'm there I got their back and everything but uh, getting them up there in front of everybody being comfortable not being afraid to, to say something in front of people or, or talk and everything and that's a good age to start so, training people yeah, like that yeah so I, I tell them like this you know I try to, to say if if uh, you want a job you walk into that job and you go hi my name's Jack I want to work for you and could you pay me some money? Or you go in there and say, hi, my name's Jack. How are you? I want you to pay me $30,000 a minute. <laughs> With Thank all you. the confidence in the world. <laughs> Thank you very much, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a big difference in that. Have, have confidence in yourself, you know? Yeah, there's you know, a big difference and, in uh, that. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I've done that before, and, and the, the boss goes, uh, We'll see. <laughs> he, he didn't say. He didn't say yes. He said we'll see. But I didn't ask. He didn't that say much. no either. He didn't say no, yeah. which was scary. So I'm saying, yeah. So You'd I, be surprised I, when you have that much confidence, yeah. uh, either in yourself yeah. or when you project yourself, yeah. you know, as a, a better, yeah. better person, that yeah. you can get a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just they, they know that you're gonna be that person they want to be around. Not just in jobs, but in yeah. women. Yeah. Or, Relationships, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it helps. It helps out a lot. So, you know, you gotta love yourself if we can love others. You know? <laughs> that's that's yeah. the big thing. Absolutely. Do, so, so, yeah. And so you, you're teaching these kids, and they're growing up to be parents and stuff like that, and they're bringing their kids down. Do you get recognized by the city? I have been recognized by. Uh, my peers. Your peers. My peers, not in the martial arts. Okay. I've been awarded uh, martial arts hall of fame in 2000. I think that's 2006. Martial arts hall of fame, and and then I was recognized again for the martial arts hall of fame in 2019. 2019. So in 2006 and 2019. Yes. For what, what do they recognize? They recognize one for 2006 was Martial Arts Hall of Fame for my uh, work with the military, with military uh, families and, uh, and, and and things like that. And in 2019 is working with uh, different organizations and doing volunteer work for St. Jill's Children's Research Hospital, um, handicap, like uh, special need kids and stuff like that. Um, well, I was recognized for that also for my work in that and also for for we raise a lot of money for St. Jude's every yeah. year we do a competition and uh, the, the money that we generate at the competition um, minus our expenses we, we give that to St. Jude's 
So uh, a couple years ago, we gave them $1,200, and a couple years before that, when we, we always make uh, uh, money uh, for them every yeah. year. So and that's that's fun to know. And they keep sending us stuff, <laughs> all kind of hats, T-shirts, stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, we, we give it, I give it all to the kids and everything. Let them wear it to show off their St. Jude's affiliation and everything. That's pretty fucking awesome. So yeah. <laughs> so, so you gotta give back, you know. You know, it's like martial arts. They say, well, how do you get all these degrees? You know, you're getting better and better. It's not if you get to a certain amount, you know, took everything you can out of the martial arts. Now it's time to put something back into it. You yeah. Know? So what we put back into it, we we we, uh, we do things as community uh, activities. I, I had a free self-defense class here for uh, the women and the outreach mission down there. And while we were doing the, uh, the women's self-defense class, one lady in the class, she just started crying. And <laughs> I was like, why are you crying? What's the matter? And she's like, you know what? I wish I knew this about five years ago. She was attacked and she was, she was raped. And she was just like, I wish I knew this then. And I was like, well, I'm just so happy I, I could offer this to you. It was free. And all the ladies in the class. And uh, so it, it was a nice class. I, I couldn't move for a couple of days afterwards because I was the big dummy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm teaching they, them. They needed a dummy, right? <laughs> I'm teaching them. I'm telling the girls, like, listen, so hit me right you push the jaw back like this. So at the end of the day, my neck was sore. <laughs> I'm telling them to push back there, you know. So I don't know, I need to get one of those big suits like they use on the TV, but they just look at me like, oh, I couldn't wear that because they didn't punch me and kick me hard as a head, but the neck thing, that was a thing. Yeah. And uh, so they learned a lot of self-defense that day. And that was, and uh, they walk out with a lot of confidence, you know, I, I, you know, and, uh, I, I teach them different, different things that they can do and stuff like that. Like, here's one, here's one for you. So, you know how you hold your cell phone? Yeah, everyone has a cell phone. Everybody has a cell so phone. So tell your wife, if she's out, she's got a cell phone, and just hold a cell phone like this if someone's attacking her. So if they grab you, use your, the cell phone and you strike the back of the hand or just keep on striking any place you can, the bridge in the nose, the mouth, the head, the eyes. So use the edge of the cell phone yes, as a for, weapon. As a weapon. For women, if they're being attacked. Yeah. Or if nothing else, slap them with their, you can say, well, here's a DNA right here in the cell phone glass. <laughs> what did he look like? Oh, let's see. Just match this up. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> but yeah, this is a very, very powerful weapon right here. Yeah. Because you hold you can hold it in your hand and strike to the neck, and else, things like that. Just little things like that would just turn or, or turn a situation from bad to somewhere that you can escape. Manageable. You know, it's manageable. That's yes. what I'm looking for. Yes, exactly. And that's what it's all about. Just that little bit of thing, you know. And, uh, it, it, you know, I, I never know where or when it's going to come back. Uh, I don't know who this is. I'll get that later. I'll get that later. I'll call them back. But I never know where or when, so, you know, I, I tell all the, uh, the people like in the class when they're in here, I give everything I can because I never know if the day is going to be the day they're going to walk out and what I say or it's going to influence them or help them out of a situation. You know? Just like that kid that had his yeah. Uh, yeah. chest crushed. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. You never know. So, you know, I, I, I've met a couple people before down in Los Angeles, and this guy, he's telling me that he, he's making $250,000 a year teaching karate class. And I said, well, how can you do that? And he says, well, I'll tell you what, I have five classes a day. 
each one of the classes have uh, 50 people in each class. And I'm charging them $150 a month per class. And every time those kids have a different program, he's charging them another additional $50. So you're in the class, $150 bucks a month, uh, for party class. And now if you want to learn weapons, that's another $50. If you want to go to tournaments, that's another $50. If you want to do sparring, that's another one. That's uh, all those programs. And, uh, you know, so... So he's nickel and diamond, dude. Yeah, he's nickel and diamond, plus, plus the belt test and everything else like that. But these guys, they don't even have to be a martial arts instructor. All they got to be is a, a perfect salesman. They just go to look up uh, an area, the demographics in that area. The average household in that area is making maybe $350,000 a year. So I can open up a business right there, and I can charge these kids up to $200 a month for there, and I'm going to get it. Well, you know, these, these people making a lot of money. Do you think there's a lot of frauds out there teaching? Oh, yes, it is. There's a lot of frauds out there. Yeah. And, and they, they come in, and they just, they, it's like a McDonald's uh, type of uh, school. They don't, they just teach you what, you know, with blinders on. And uh, if you don't know what the other person's doing, you might think this is the best stuff in the world. But you put it up against somebody else, and it just shows you how weak it really is. Yeah. You know, so we fight, we do all competitions against anyone. We don't do the ground and pound like that. We do stand up, and we do the traditional martial arts and stuff that's going to be the same thing that's going to be in the U.S. Olympics and the traditional stuff. But it's, it's with focus, it's with power, then we have the full contact. And then, you know, it depends on the age group and the belt level, everything else like that, depending on how much, how much power, you know, in, in the areas that they're involved with. Um, the biggest thing that we have now is just the, the focus shots to the head because of all of the stuff that's been going on with football and, yeah. and concussions and stuff like right. that. You know? Traumatic brain injury. Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> you want the kid going to the karate class and you put him out there, next thing you know, how much is one in one? Yeah, 18. <laughs> <laughs> Good, here's your black belt. <laughs> yeah, we try to protect them from that. Just so you have to have that degree of, uh, you know, of focus and that restraint, you know, pull that power just a little bit, you know, yeah. not just go there and try to, you know, give this guy brain damage and uh, here he goes the rest of his life, you know. It's <laughs> not the UFC. <laughs> it's not the UFC. It's not the UFC. I mean, yeah. you know, they, they're, they're a good organization, but, you know, it, it's still, it's, 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 it's I, just, I think that should just be for grown-ups. You know, if you're grown enough, you don't need your brain very much, just go ahead and do that UFC. That's great. Ground and pound and whatever you got to do. That's nice. Elbows to the head, the back of the head, all that stuff. Make that brain scramble around inside that head and squish it all up. But, you know, if I'm doing that, it's going to be in a life or death situation. You know, we still do the same techniques, but now I'm defending myself for my life. I'm not scrambling this guy's brain around his head for the rest of his life. I mean... You got five minutes of fame, and the rest of your life is torture. You know, so you know, it's it's here we go to the body. You know, competition to the body, full power to the body, stuff like that. Your body's stronger, yes. You know, but full contact to the head, stuff like that, has to be some restraint in it. You know, neck injuries and uh, you know concussions, things like that. We try to stay away from that. Do you ever have uh, any fighters that that are trying to get into like the UFC or anything like that? Try to get you to teach them. I have taught them. Yeah, I have taught them. I have taught them. I have taught um, a lot. A lot of the guys that. Yeah. I do the stand up, just like uh, Horse Gracie. Um, not, not Horse Gracie and uh, Leota Mashita. 
Yeah. You know, those guys are karate people, but they still have that same, you know, you know that, that grace and that, you know, the calmness in them. And uh, they, they still have the knowledge in order to, to take, take care of what they have to do. Yeah. You know, but then this it's a different aspect with, with the, the, the different philosophies. So uh, the karate people, I think, are more respectful. Um, I think they're, uh, you know, is more thoughtful, you know, about what they're doing. You know, you're not trying to just scramble the other guy's head until he stops. Because some people don't know when to stop until it's like too late. You know, tap out. I can tap out my spinal cord and separate it. <laughs> <laughs> Working around. Did <laughs> he stop wiggling? I think he's done. Okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. We did that, but we do that. Uh, you have like a line of people waiting for you outside with the cars running. There right, you go. <laughs> yeah, all right, Sensei, thank you. Yeah. Take that lawsuit. <laughs> and so, wow. You're, you're teaching these kids. You've got two dojos right now. Yes. You're trying to get that third one back up and running. Yeah. What has this past year been like for you? Oh, it was rough. Yeah. It's, it was rough. Not knowing, uh, you know, the, the more dedicated kids are the ones that are really reaching out to you, but so many other kids that, you know, they, they kind of got lost or off track or whatever, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of hard because, you know, you put a lot of work into the kids and, and try to get them at that level where, you know, and they're getting better and better. They're learning. And then next thing you know, like, poof, this thing happened. Now those kids that are destined to be great, now, you know, they're kind of going back down. And, and now you got to try to try to reach out to them and grab them back and then, and try to get them back on track, you know. So it's, you're catching up for all that lost time. Yeah. So, you know, and uh, but some kids did really well at that time. Those are the ones that, like I say, don't, don't miss any classes, always doing other things. And uh, they're just catching on just like that. Everything you teach them, they got it. And they just accelerated during that time. So, uh, you know, just try to keep everything open. Um, that was the hard part. And luckily enough, you know, I, I got a job. I got a retirement. And, uh, you know, and then I had, I w didn't have to worry about losing my dojo because I always set it up where I'm always going to have my dojo open. Because I have my retirement check from the Navy that's going to make sure it's going to stay open. You know, then I have my job. It was going to make sure my house stays open and everything. So, you know, um, and then at the same time, I talked to the city and, and I managed to get a $10,000 grant. Did you? At the beginning, yes. At the beginning of the year, $10,000 grant from Kings County. And uh, that was nice. They bought all the covert equipment that we had. Uh, we got a. Uh, I remember when you were going through that. It yeah. was kind of a tough time for you. Yeah, it was because I had no idea what was going to happen. Then they finally gave me a call and said, "Hey, guess what? We got a ten thousand dollar check for you," and, and it was on. <laughs> Charlie had to buy a lot of stuff. I got the sprayer, so every day we come in here and spray the whole entire room down from top to bottom. The kids come in in the door. They wave their hand in front of that um, temperature machine. Which says. Uh, you know, normal temperature, the hand sanitizers, their air cleaner right there. Uh, <laughs> got another hand sanitizer back there. That's the sprayer. Then yeah. we have the spray bottles to clean the floor. And uh, we had, I spent a lot of a lot of money on that, the hand sanitizer, the, the face mask, everything. Yeah. And uh, that's our TV that we have when we're doing uh, online training classes. Oh, you guys do online stuff? Yeah, we're doing online classes during that time too. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, everything we could possibly do to stay open, you know. But that, during that time, um, nobody was paying because I didn't feel like it was right from you know for have the students to have to pay for an online class. It's like we're there in the whole living room, and I'm in a dojo, but my time in a dojo was my time in the dojo. After I got finished with them online, then it was my my fun time in the in the dojo. It was fun. I was working out and and uh, changing things around and writing my little scripts and all that stuff like that. So, and, uh, and it, it was fun. I, I, it was fun. So, you know, my sensei always says, you know, if you weren't teaching, would you still be in a dojo? That was <laughs> Obviously. My, that was my answer. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so this is also my place where I can go sometimes, you know, just to, just to get away, you know, if I had to come up here and, sit and meditate or whatever you know any time of day just come over chill out relax <laughs> right yeah it's nice let's look at this man it's like yeah. what about your grandkids i know you have yeah. two girls yeah two right girls now. and one girl on the way are you gonna try to teach them that's up to their parents i mean uh you know if they want to come in because you taught yeah. your daughters oh yeah yeah but yeah. both my daughters are black belts and uh my youngest daughter, Jarissa, she's um, probably uh, the top fighter in this area, is martial arts. She still practices? She practices now, but now she has the babies and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. But she was fighting girls and boys in black belt division and undefeated. Really? Undefeated from, I don't know, say Vegas to San Diego to to uh, Bakersfield and probably up to Stockton, all these area, all the boys in that area and her age group has all been kicked in the face by her. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of them. That's her thing, right? We went to one competition and it was no girls to fight. And my daughter, she was like, I think she was like 15. And uh, so there was another kid there and then he was a black belt boy. And so we went over and asked him, hey, you know, you mind if my daughter fights your son? And Sensei's like, I don't care, go ask the parents. So we went over there, we asked the parents, hey, you mind if my daughter fights your son? There's only two of them. He, he said, yeah. So they went out there and fought. My daughter just beat the snot out of this kid. I mean, she whooped him bad. She kicked him in the face and, 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 and he couldn't do anything. He was just standing there like a mannequin. And then after it was over with, the dad walks up to the Sensei and he goes, I'm taking my kid out of your class. He got beat by a girl. <laughs> I looked at him like... She like, couldn't be just better than he was? <laughs> it had to be... He was, his kid wasn't getting the training because he was got beat by a girl? I was like, we asked you before. I mean, if your kid would have beat my daughter, then... It would have been fine. Oh, it would have been fine, but no. No. I don't know, man. She, she tore him up. She tore him up. She just like, oh my god. <laughs> oh man, it was just oh boy. Yeah, she loves to fight. It just came in, she just she loves to fight. Um, you know, she she just gets out there and she's different the way she 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 don't fight like the normal kids. She's she's her rhythm and movement, everything is different. She kind of catches them off guard, you know, and as soon as they relax or take a move, and then pow! She's, <laughs> she's so great. Straight foot to the yeah, face. Yeah. 
Yeah, but she knows, you know. She tries that with me. I got it. I got to know. You're automatically looking at her feet. <laughs> no, I got enough. So I look at her to you. I know all your weaknesses. Don't start that. Don't knows, start nothing. Dad knows your weakness. <laughs> so one time we were here practicing, and I had a target in front of my hand like this. And I'm like, okay, you got to do this and, you know, kick the target. But you got to slide when you do it. So she's like, oh, I don't know how to do this. So keep trying. So when she did it, she slid a little bit closer. She missed the target, kicked me right in the face. Bah! Oh, man, my glasses all <laughs> off my face like this. I'm sitting there seeing stars. She just started laughing. <laughs> I said, oh, that's good. You know, that's nice. I've been kicked before. She just kept on laughing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was like, you meant to do that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, go get the pads. Come on, let's go. We're going spar. All right, let's, let's, let's go ahead. Get the pads. Get the pads. No, no, Dad, that's okay. Uh, put them on. Let's go. Let's go. I know. I got to go to homework. Yeah, it's fun, man. I'm telling you, it's fun. Um, yeah, always, man. And so now you're here in, in Hanford, right? This is, what is this the area, uh, Hanford, right? Yes. Are you going to stay here in Hanford for a while? I plan on it. I never know. I never know. I never know. Um, I plan on it. It's pretty hard. It's, it would be, I don't, I don't know. I say, even if I said I want to go somewhere else, I don't think I could. Because uh, when I was stationed in Guam, um, I had a dojo there, and I was teaching out there. And the day that was my last day to transfer, I was coming back to come back to here in this area. So we had a party, and the party you know, was the same time as the class. The class started at two, ended at four. So at two o'clock, the party's rolling around, everybody's having fun, and everybody's having enjoyment and everything. You know, three o'clock rolled around, everybody's still having fun. Three thirty rolled around, and I went. <laughs> And I started crying. I couldn't stop crying. I mean, it was so bad. I mean, I, I, that was like the worst day of my life. I mean, I couldn't stop crying. The parents were crying. All the karate kids were crying. The parents were leaving because I was getting their kids all upset. And it was just, that was terrible. Most, that was probably one of the bad experiences I had ever had. Just closing a dojo was hard because, you know, you, you put so much into it and everything and then turn around and close it. But that was part of the military. I didn't really have a choice. Yeah. That, that, you know, that was uh, real good. But the best part about it is that the students that, that I had out there in Guam, I'm, I'm still in touch with those guys up until today. And, and that was in 2000 when I opened up when I had my class in Guam. So I'm still in touch with them. They're still training. They're still black belts. And, and uh, they're, they're coming out here to see me here in August when we have a competition. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> I told them, I was like, listen, you come on out here. And uh, I'll, I'll get you a hotel room and everything else like that. So I'm still rolling that red carpet out for them. If they're going to come out this far, they still want to be, uh, you know, see me and everything. Here, I'm rolling that red carpet out for you. Like, you're, you're, you're because it means a lot to me, you know, just yeah. having them do that. So uh, it's nice having students like that. And I have another student that's coming here from Florida, uh, Bryant Farnell. He, he drew that flag for me back in 80, 86 when I had my school in Jacksonville, Florida, and it's been with me ever since I had every single dojo. I always had that flag there. He hand drew that flag for me, the one with the fist. He hand drew it for me. I see it. Yeah. He, he hand drew that for me as a birthday present 
And every place I've ever been, I always kept it. <laughs> so he's coming here. Um, I think in a couple of weeks, he's gonna come out and visit me from uh, from Florida. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice having uh, you know a lot of students and stuff like that all around, it's, and they still come to see me. So it's a good thing. And then you got that one little plaque next to it, it says uh, Okinawa Karate. Yes, Okinawa Karate is uh, uh, that's. That's the origins of karate. Was Okinawa? It was a small island. Yeah, uh, I've been to Okinawa. Yeah, yeah. That's where it all started. I spent and, uh, uh, two years out there for the Marine yeah, Corps. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Love that place. <laughs> yeah, yes, nice. Yeah, I love the people. Yeah, the, yeah. people. So, <clears throat> out of all the Asian communities, yeah. Japanese people are my favorite. Yeah, I don't know why. Kind of like you is when yeah. I saw the Kung Fu movies or the Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. I got hooked, right? Yeah. <laughs> but Japanese people are, are kind of my favorite. And when I spent some time on Okinawa, it was like one of those things where they're just as great as the mainland people, but they're yeah. more humble. Yeah. 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 Well, Okinawa, Okinawa people are, you know, they're, they have their own country. Yeah. And, uh, you know. They've they, been treated really bad by oh, the mainland yes. people, but yeah. Yeah. still they, yeah. they, they have their spirits up yeah. and yeah. they don't mind talking to you. Yeah, it was a, it was a constant tug of war yeah. back and forth between the Japanese and the Chinese. And, and, and so, yeah. But, uh, you know, I've talked to a few Okinawan people and they were telling us how they were tortured and everything, how the Japanese went in and. They took everything away from their 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 history. They their everything they ate with is nothing. No no nothing. They, you know. So uh, and for was, them to come out on top as yeah, like as the yeah. the way they did is awesome. Yeah 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 yeah. But you can still see you can still see their willingness to you know embrace other people, other cultures, and everything. Bring them in there. So they're still they're they're still humble. You know. They're still not, you know, we're not better than anybody else. No. You know, we're, we're willing no. to, to work with other people. That's that's pretty good. And you say that's, that's the origins good. of That's the origins karate. of karate, yes. Yeah. Uh, Japan uh, was judo. Judo was first in Japan, but then karate was in Okinawa. Uh -huh. So a lot of the uh, the black belts that were in judo came to Okinawa to learn karate. And then when they, they learned karate, then they took it back to Japan and started spreading everywhere else. But it was Okinawa originally, yes. Uh, so, you ever been out there? Yes. Uh, no, no, not yet. No. I, I, I was in Guam, and uh, uh, I was in Guam for four years, and I regret it. I never left that island until I was time to leave. Um, I, it was a lot of times it was because I was working at HC Five, and we had helicopters out there, and what we mostly did was search and rescue. Yeah. We we pulled a lot of tourists out of the water. That drowned in the water. Yeah. So me leaving that island, it was, you know, it was, it was out of it. I didn't do it. And then when I finally left the island, I goes, ah, oh, man, I was only two hours away. I should have went. So yeah. So I'm planning to go. I'm, I'm getting with some of the other senseis. And then this thing started this pandemic. But they're, they're planning trips out there. They go out there and, uh, and uh, you know, just a tour. Yeah. You know, just a nice tour. But a lot of the instructors that are out there in Okinawa and Japan, they come over here and do seminars. And, you know, sometimes one-day seminar, two-day, three-day seminars, and we get a chance to meet them and train with them. So the same training that's going on over there, is they, they, they come over here and teach and everything. A lot of good instructors come over here and have an opportunity to work with uh, some of the high-ranking black folks and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. 
it's pretty nice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And so, you get any parents that give you kind of, I don't know, pushback or anything like that? Uh, you know what? I had one parent come in, and this parent, he uh, he, he brought his uh, grandson in here, and, I, and he says, I want my grandson to learn discipline. So I said, okay, yeah, karate teaches him discipline and everything. So I'll say that, let him come out here and see how he does in the class. So the kid came out here to the karate class, and he loved it. So after the class was over with, the grandson came up to me. I mean, the, grand, the grandfather came up to me, and he says, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when I snap my finger, I want him to jump. Oh, no. <laughs> I said, sir, uh, you want the SPCA is down that street right here around the corner. Because <laughs> if you find a kid that's going to jump like that because you snap your finger, it's because you're doing something wrong. No kid's going to be afraid of you like that. You snap your finger and a kid jumps like that, that means you're abusing them or you're doing something seriously wrong. My kids are black belts. I snap my finger and they look at me like, do you want those fingers? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm looking at them like, remember them? Like, you know, it's difficult, man. You know, you got two daughters and both of them black belts because when you discipline one, the other one sneak behind you. And then they start doing the eye communication. So I'm doing like this, point my finger at one and she's giving an eye to the other one. And I turn my head and look, the other one's in back of me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, So well. you not only taught them so, karate, but you taught them yeah. tactics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think they taught themselves they that. They taught man. themselves. Yeah. So I think they got that on their own. Just like, okay, you know, well, if you go high, I go low. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you ready? <laughs> Time to take them out. <laughs> you... You remember, I gotta feed you guys. Right? <laughs> yeah, I almost got the bank card. <laughs> uh, it is pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, you yeah. told me a story one yeah, day yeah. where you took the thermostat <laughs> yeah. to work with you. Oh yeah, man, I'm telling you, yeah, it was. It was they had a different concept, you know. Is everything is got? I don't know. It's, I go home, the, the, the air conditioner's on, the front door's open, the back door's open, the refrigerator's open, the water's running, the, the, every eyelid on the stove is running, and uh, they're cooking this, and the microwave's going, and the, every TV's on, I'm like, what's going on here? Uh, nothing. Close the door, turn off the water, just, you know, shut the door, do something. So they couldn't get that, and uh, we started getting some some big bills. I mean, the bills like five, six hundred dollars. And I said, I am not gonna work a whole week just to pay an electric bill. Yeah. So I, so I said, hey, the thermostat's broke. I gotta go get it fixed. Said, <laughs> just <laughs> take it. You taking it to work? I just took it, put it in my pocket. Yeah. Mm, is it working yet? Nope. The fan's working now. <laughs> Try to screen in your window, man. I'm not. No, I, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't handle a five hundred dollar, six hundred dollar electric bill, and it's they didn't get the concept. You know, uh, you mean it's not free? It's electric. I mean, I'll just turn this button; it works. <laughs> That's nah. crazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so now you know they have their own house and their own apartments, and whatnot. And, so they invite me to come up. So what I do? I go over yeah, the house. Turn on the air. <laughs> I, I turn the air conditioner on. Walk in the kitchen, open the refrigerator, leave it open. Start cooking my food. Turn the water on, leave it. I mean, all the hot water. You know? 
<laughs> well, see what they're going to say. <laughs> Do they live right. close by? No, my, my oldest daughter, she's in Washington State. She's up by Seattle. Oh. My youngest one, she's here. She's here in Hampton. Yeah, that's the one that beat up everybody. But she, she's here. She's local. So, yeah. <clears throat> it's nice having them grow up and have their own life and everything. Yeah. You know, so uh, I think, so I, my daughters, they get diamond earrings when they were little. You know, that was my first thing. I said, I want to make sure I got them in the first real set of diamond earrings. So my oldest daughter, she had a, you know, a baby girl, got a set of diamond earrings. My youngest daughter had a baby girl, another set of diamond earrings. And my youngest daughter, she's going to have another girl. Uh, <laughs> more diamond earrings. <laughs> I told her that. I said, yeah, you just want me to buy more diamond earrings. She's like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're fun. You know, it's everyone has to, um, you know, do their life, and it's it's all about just letting them experience it. You know, and you know, and you you, you teach them as much as you can, and and you got to let them go, let them go, and, and trust their decision making and everything. You know, um, if they make a wrong decision, don't beat them up too much. Just tell them how you feel about it, and. And hope they go back, get back on track or whatnot, you know. Yeah. Because you know, you, you put all that work in there, and then you know, just let them grow, you know, let them grow, and it comes back, it comes back. So you know, man, some because everybody goes through that little rebellious state at a at a little bit of time, you know. And I and I always told them while they're growing up, I said, you know, you go through that little stage, but don't forget who you are, don't forget who that person is that's in front of you, you know. And uh, you know, you never want to get that far. That you gotta, you know, say something that you're not gonna regret the rest of your life, or something might happen to that person you never get to say you're sorry, or something else like that, you know. So you know you gotta be, uh, you gotta be a little bit humble there. And sometimes you go, if you make a mistake, go way off track, bring yourself down, and, and make an apology to that person. And think about all the stuff that that person has done for you, you know, and it's gonna make you a better person later on. You won't be suffering your whole life or something that happened to you that you know that you, you never know what's going to happen to that person exactly yeah like yeah. look at you know we have that supervisor who yeah. just had a heart attack yeah 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 you know now you know how, what what triggered it you know yeah. you give them a hard time a day next thing you know he's, you know he's out so it's not good yeah. it's not good you know you never know so you know you gotta you gotta back up sometime and put yourself in other people's shoes and, uh, you know, kind of think of it like that. It's like, you know, you never know what they're going through. You might think that, oh, yeah, they're just trying to be this. No, you know, back up a little bit, you know. Try so, to see the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of being selfish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You think uh, right now in this time with all this social media stuff that we're kind of being selfish and just kind of me, me, me? Uh I don't know. I don't know if it's. Uh, I I I think I think people are just kind of losing. Uh, they're kind of losing that will to want to communicate or want to be around other people because you have social media, you have your telephone, and communicating skills and uh, social skills are just going. Away. Nothing's done face to face. It's never. I mean, it's nothing, and I'm I'm afraid that people won't have any type of uh, relationships later on because of that. Yeah. You know, how can you have a relationship with someone if you don't have a, uh, you know, intermingle with other people? You know, there's no intermingling, you know? It's like the kids come here sometimes, they might get into a little argument, but then you gotta have a way that they can 
communicate with each other in order to solve it. You know, it has to be an equal bond there. But if you don't learn those skills now, how are you going to handle those skills later on when you get into a situation where now you're married? You have no idea how to communicate with each other. You say something wrong, and next thing you know, it's over. You know, your whole life is ruined or something else. You know, you, you got to have those those uh, those social skills and everything else. <laughs> it's got to be It's there. one of the reasons why I hated uh, for the kids to stay home during the pandemic is yeah. they don't have that social interaction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and the school system is not helping out any. No. Uh, a lot of the skills that we thought was u- useful, they don't have anymore. I had a young lady that was my secretary here, and uh, she just got out of high school. And I gave her like a first-time job here. And so we had a competition coming up, and I gave her a list of like maybe 75 black belts. And all over, and I said, listen, these are my tournament flyer. I want you to mail these out to everybody. And I gave her a whole book of stamps and everything else. Well, two weeks later, every single one of them came back. <laughs> and I looked at it. She had the addresses wrong. She had the address and the, the to and from. <laughs> so, so I spent about $30 on postage and then uh, all the flyers. And, and Oh, man. I'm just like, I just asked her, what happened? Oh, I didn't know how to do it. I'm like, really? You didn't know how to send an envelope? We know they don't teach that anymore. No. So, okay. They don't teach you how to write a check. They, they don't teach you any of that They don't teach them how to write a check. I said, okay, here. These are all the bills I have. You write the check. Write it out. And how much it is. I'll sign it. And then I'll mail them out. I don't know how to write in cursive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? So, uh, yeah. Maybe I can text it. <laughs> text that check. There you go. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, it's not good. No. It's not good. So, and uh, it's like we were talking about other countries. Yeah. You know, I think you want to think of a third world country. Are you teaching those guys the social skills over there? Yeah, their family's teaching them that social skills. Right here, it's not the same structure. Their family's like, well, we're going to leave it to the school system to teach them that. So yeah. the Native Americans, right, most, most tribes, mm-hmm. they didn't believe in the children just being with their mom and dad. Mm-hmm. They believed that the whole tribe yeah. needed to interact with those children. Yes, right, yeah. And so they got social skills by them getting taught by everybody. Right. Yeah, which makes them stronger. Yes. Which makes them stronger and smarter. You know, yeah. It, it makes them a more rounded person. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone has a different personality. But now it's... What's the personality is... Now you got helicopter moms. <sighs> you got the pandemic. Yeah. You got all this stuff going against you. Yeah. 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 Well, I... I don't know. And then you got Joe Biden telling people, or somebody, I forget who it was, we're not going to shake hands anymore. Yeah. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of the things that I enjoy about meeting new people is right. shaking their hands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I get to see how they're treating me, right. and I look them in the eye, and yeah. I see how they look at me. Right. Right? Yeah. And for them, people to tell me, no, 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 we can't shake hands. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a no-no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, things are changing. Things are changing. So uh, I, it's going to be a different world when we go back to what we thought was normal before. So, you know, with no mask and, uh, you know, shaking the hands and things like that, 
but it, it's harder for me as an instructor because I had to change everything that I do, all my teaching. You know, for the high fives, you can't do the high fives anymore. And, uh, you know, some of the sparring techniques, you can't do that sparring technique anymore. Self-defense techniques, you know, you can't be that close. And, or after we do any type of contact, you gotta go run to the, to the, uh, to the um, station over there and wash your hands up and sanitize and all that. Like, it's like man, you make the person feel like, oh, this person's got some type of communicable disease and you can't be that close to them. It's like, no. So, you know. But, we need those germs, bro. Yeah. We do. Yeah, we, we actually do. need those germs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need those. It's like War of the Worlds, right? That movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what killed the marshes? The, the germs that we try to, yeah. Yeah. So, come on, the so. aliens weren't used to it. Yeah. But we are. Yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> All right. So uh, I thank you for doing this. Yeah. Uh, hopefully I get to get you back and maybe we can start doing a video or something. And get this out in the public. And start knocking kids around. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Lou. Man. No, I appreciate awesome, you, man. big dog. Thank you, brother. <laughs> it was a great time, bro. All right. Well, that's it for now. I want to be clear on something. No one person grows up the same. Everyone has their own opinion and how they come up with it. That's why I started this, so that I can understand you and your guide to your path. If we all have different strengths, then maybe, just maybe, we can learn from each other.